Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone. Good to be back with you this week. No guests on this week's show. We'll hopefully have some more guests uh, joining us soon on the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. Just had a few topics I wanted to touch on today uh, really quickly. Later on, we'll touch on Sage Surratt's decision to uh, leave Wake Forest and enter the NFL draft over uh, concerns of COVID-19. Uh, we'll also talk about what the NCAA may possibly be doing in terms of uh, what with athletes that actually do play uh, this uh, this year uh, with all the pandemic concerns that are going on. Uh, but where I wanted to start off, and it's been in the news in uh, this area across the state of North Carolina really since the beginning of the week when the announcement was made that the University of North Carolina was going to shift to all online classes after a couple clusters had been found of positive tests. I believe it was 135 positive tests uh, from a week of testing that took place from August 10th to August 16th. Uh, They announced on Monday that they would be shifting to fully remote learning after those 135 classes. Uh, The the big concern, the big problem, um, and the big cluster F bomb <laughs> as the the Daily Tar Hill, the college newspaper there at UNC put it. This announcement was made an hour before students could cancel the fall semester for themselves. In other words, they could pull out of the classes if they chose to. So they had an hour basically to try to get that done. And that's not always an easy process. Obviously the phone lines are going to be backed up. The it's a good chance that the operating systems on campus got backed up because of that as well. Also, you have to figure out how to move out in a, in a couple days, essentially. Uh, you know, some of these kids come from all over the country. You have to figure out your housing situation, obviously. You have to decide your academic future, basically, in an hour. Whether you're going to, you know, just cancel, whether you're going to go online only and pay uh, what appears to be still at this moment the full tuition even though it is just going to be online only for this uh, for this semester, and it really just caused a lot of a lot of chaos there at uh, at UNC, and uh, a you know, tough situation for a lot of those kids and a lot of those administrators to be in. Um, 
I, and right now, uh, it was announced today on Wednesday that the all of the academic, all of the athletics uh, teams would be shut down from practicing for 24 hours, which doesn't really mean a whole lot. It basically just gives the university a little bit more time to make a further decision. Would be the or kicking the can down the road a little further to try to make a more informed decision. But this is just a pure example that colleges and universities. And, and you know, athletics shows this all the time in college. It's all about the money. Uh, these 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 people knew, these universities knew that there was a strong chance that this was going to happen. At least universities like Harvard went all online early, and you know the the kids at least had that chance to make that choice. With what UNC did, it put these kids in a really tough, horrible predicament in a horrible spot. And they had to make this decision, you know, really quick, uh, without a lot of time to really form an educated opinion. Like we we knew that there was a strong chance that these kind of things could happen when colleges were coming back. You remember when the whole coronavirus, when the whole pandemic pandemic started in the U.S. The first group that didn't social distance and got slammed for it on the news stations. The parties were shown constantly down in Florida. Uh, they had the, you know interviewing the college kids with some ignorant answers and got plastered all over the TV. The college kids were the first ones that got slammed. So shocker, five months later, college kids haven't changed. <laughs> they they're not going to socially distance. This was this was known. Everybody knew, except evidently these universities, which they didn't know. It's all about the money. They wanted to get them on campus, get as much money out of them as they could. And then go all online if they had to. But hey, at least they got their money in the process. By the way, if you wanted to have a football season, truly, which obviously they did. It'd be crazy not to. But wouldn't the all online thing have been the way to go from the jump? Eliminate, eliminate as much contact as possible and allow you know the athletes to be on campus without being exposed to a bunch of other people that aren't socially distancing and aren't being responsible, wouldn't that have been the thing to do? Of course it would have been the thing to do. But here's the problem with that. You're you're gonna have a bunch of kids that aren't gonna be there. They're not gonna be they're not gonna be paying that tuition that they would have been paying to go in person. So they would have lost some money there. So what the universities tried to do was, and whether they'll ever admit this or not, probably not, what the universities tried to do was they tried to have their cake and eat it too. And I'm not just unloading on UNC here because this is this is starting to happen at NC State as well with some of these clusters. It's going to happen at more and more. It happened at, it's happened at Notre Dame some. This is going to happen more and more at these universities. It's not a shock. And it shouldn't really necessarily be a shock that universities just care about getting the money. And that's they don't care about the kids' futures necessarily. It's about the money. And this is the latest example of that. Is get, They wanted to get these kids on campus, get the money out of them, get the commitment for the semester, jam them up, put them in a tough spot, and put and, you know, just get the money. Now, that's what this was all about. And it's clear because they knew this was going to happen. College kids have been college kids for hundreds of years. They aren't going to socially distance. So none of this... Should ever should come as a surprise to anybody that this is happening at these these colleges. That, that that's the first thing that I wanted to start off with, and that's not just to unload on UNC again. Like I said, I think this is going to happen across the country at 
for the next few months, probably, unfortunately. That's just the uh, the times that, that we're in, unfortunately, what we're currently dealing with in this country and with, you know, people, uh, you know, I don't want to blame college kids necessarily because college kids are college kids, like I said. Uh, but, you know, with people not being responsible, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not trying to preach what you should and shouldn't be doing. It's just more about common sense and what was going, always going to happen and all what this was always about in this case. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, did, did see that the NCAA is entertaining an interesting idea. Uh, the Division I Council voted to allow fall sports uh, student athletes to compete in any amount of competitions this year, and it will not count as a year of eligibility. Uh, that was from Brett McMurphy and Stadium. Uh, it still needs final approval Friday from the NCAA Board of Governors. So, so basically, it would be this year is kind of like a red shirt that you get to play, essentially, and, and that's that would be a first, obviously, uh, in any kind of of athletics. So. It uh, could be a golden opportunity, really, for a lot of these uh, a lot of these college kids to to get some more uh, experience under their belts. Obviously, if they do get to play with everything that's uh, that's going on, uh, but that would be, in my opinion, a a pretty decent move on the NCAA's part because a lot of these kids are concerned about that. The problem with it is, what about the long term effects? Uh, you know, what about if if some of these kids that are playing get sick, they get the lung damage that could come from COVID-19. How does that play out in the uh, in the future? That's still a big option and a big concern uh, that a lot of these college athletes have to uh, have to weigh when they're considering uh, playing sports this uh, this fall and this winter, I guess, uh, as well. So it'll be interesting to watch and see how that uh, continues to unfold. Uh, for uh, for you know the tobacco road schools obviously and for colleges uh, across the across the country as well uh, and that kind of segues right into the decision from Wake Forest wide receiver uh, Sage Surratt announced his decision that he was going to is going to go pro and skip this season just going to start training for the uh, for the draft we talked about this for a couple weeks now that we we're going to see more of this because of the concerns over over the pandemic. Uh, and Sage Surratt is a proven commodity for the NFL. He's a guy that was considered a first-round pick, could have went last, could have went and gotten drafted in you know April May of this past draft. Decided to come back, so kind of maybe maybe feel like he missed a little bit of an opportunity there, and decided to just go ahead and work out and get ready for the uh, for the draft in a safer environment. But a guy that you know is considered a first-round talent, uh, probably would have been a first or second-round pick if he had gone. Last year, uh, he's coming off a year where he had over a thousand yards receiving, had eleven touchdowns, sixty-six receptions, which was the most for any Wake Forest receiver since uh, since Ricky Prohl, uh, which is certainly saying something. Ricky Prohl is a legend in Winston Salem and a legend for uh, for Wake Forest football. Uh, there is no question about that. But it, it, I can't I, I can't blame any kid that makes this decision because you're just when you are considered a high pick. You and like I said, the the concerns about what COVID nineteen could do to you long term, it, it's just a lot to a lot to risk uh, for a guy that has the potential to be a first round pick. We saw Caleb Farley make a similar decision at Virginia Tech. I think we're going to see more and more guys continue to uh, continue to go 
this route. And obviously, it hurts having a college football season to an extent that everybody that works in this industry wants a college football season, I firmly believe. But this is one of those things that a lot of these kids just have to do what's best for them in these situations. And I think that's what uh, what Sage Surratt is doing. But it, it's a huge loss for Wake Forest. Um, you're going, you know, you're, you're losing Jamie Newman, obviously already at quarterback. I know Hartman has proven the ability to, uh, to win games, but it would have been a lot nicer for him to have a weapon like Sage Surratt to, uh, to throw the ball to. And we talked on the podcast recently about how, how tough of a schedule Wake Forest has, especially to start things out. But at least you had an experienced, proven playmaker like Sage Surratt that can make monster plays to win you ball games and keep you in ball games. Now that you lose a guy like Surratt, it just lose it just leaves a big hole in that uh, that Wake Forest receiving core, and somebody's obviously going to have to step up to uh, to try to fill that void and help out uh, Coach Clawson. And the uh, and the Demon Deacons, so it's certainly a big loss for uh, for Wake Forest, but I don't think anybody can really fault Sage Surratt, who, like I said, is considered to be a uh, a first round pick in the uh, the upcoming NFL draft. And, and a lot of the the conversation after you know Sage Surratt made that decision was, well, was his brother Chaz, the linebacker at uh, at UNC, going to follow suit? And you know, from similar families, so it. it you know, from the same family, obviously, not just similar families, but from the same family. So you could certainly see how the thinking may be similar. But the difference for Chaz is Chaz came into college at UNC as a quarterback commit. So he has switched positions to be at a linebacker, and he's a little bit of an undersized linebacker as well. So he's not as experienced at linebacker and he's considered kind of a mid-round pick. So I, Chaz is in a little bit different situation. He is a proven commodity in the sense that he's a really good college football linebacker. But I think he's got more to prove, and I think he's got more to gain by potentially playing another season. I think he also could probably, if he wants to, if he really wants to be a linebacker, and that's where he views himself, maybe add some more size to his uh, to his frame. As well, it wouldn't shock me if you see him in the NFL as a guy like a Dion Buchanan, though, or something like that, who played linebacker in college and kind of plays a linebacker safety type of role in the NFL. I think maybe his body is more of that makeup. But I think, like like I, like I was saying, with the inexperience that Chaz has or the lack of experience that he has at his position, I think another year and another year of proving himself in a UNC defense and on a UNC team that's expected to be really good, I think that's a good opportunity for, uh, for Chaz Surratt to potentially prove himself further and maybe launch himself up the draft boards, particularly when you think about the amount of guys that also may not be playing this fall. You know, a lot of times out of sight, out of mind. I think that anybody can be a prisoner of uh, of the moment in that sense. So I think uh, Chaz Surratt, also from that perspective as well, could maybe move himself up the draft boards and have a lot to gain and a lot to prove if he does uh, play at UNC this fall. So I do think he is in a much different situation than Sage is. So I think at this point, I would expect that Chaz uh, probably will try to play at UNC this fall, unless the situation just continues to get worse and worse there, and then you're just flat out worried about health, which I could see that, you know, you could see that happening as well, obviously, but if things remain 
relatively okay. I would expect to see Chaz Surratt playing linebacker for uh, for UNC this fall. And those are the early reports coming out of Chapel Hill uh, that he is expected to still play for UNC uh, this uh, this fall. And like I said, I think it's just a different situation than what his brother Sage is in. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Like I said, short episode. Just had a couple things wanted to hit on really quick. We'll be back again next week. Hopefully, I'll have some more uh, some more guests lined up for you. And hopefully, we'll be getting ready for the uh, for the start of the season in a couple weeks next week. Hopefully, things continue to to progress towards having a college football season. But as always, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. You can always download. And subscribe on Apple and Spotify and anywhere that you get podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, who get it done.